welcome to JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. We boast the internet's widest selection of premium hand-rolled cigars at the guaranteed lowest prices. Our reinvigorated website is fast, user-friendly, and offers our customers an array of unique features. No access to a computer? No problem. Download our ShopJR app in the Google Play Store or our Steals and Deals in the App Store, and you'll have access to our extensive selection at the tip of your fingers. With the fastest low-cost shipping in the industry, JR Cigars guarantees same-day shipping if you order before 3. This is JRCigars.com. All of the cigars, none of the hassle. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Jordan, we are on Whoa. the air. Episode episode 196 of Smoke Night Live, Jordan. Wow. I'm here with uh, my uh, handy producer. Typing away. Jordan's doing, he's typing, and he's... I still got to do all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Behind-the-scenes scene, producing kind of stuff like that. Big show tonight. Uh, we have uh, Dan Welsh with us. We'll bring on shortly uh, from Latelier and Tatawahe and surrogates. We're going to talk about all that it's sort everywhere. of stuff. He does it all. It's going to be awesome. Jordan, hey, a week from Sunday, a week from Sunday, folks, if you're watching this show, is Cigar Barbecue, our annual Cigar Barbecue. And Cigar Barbecue works like this. You just do it at your own place. Bring over your friends, your family, barbecue all day. Smoke cigars, post on the dojo. If you do, and use hashtag CigarBQ2019, you could be a winner because it's brought the uh, CigarBQ is brought to you by uh, Neptune Cigars, and they they're giving away uh, four different fifty dollar gift certificates. So uh, make sure to participate yes. in CigarBQ. What are we What are we cooking? Do we know what we're cooking yet? Usually, we make Matt. Cook something. So we, we make Matt to. cook, and Matt isn't here tonight, so we can't ask him what he's cooking. But he's our—he's dojo chef, right? Mm-hmm. Dojo and chef. And usually, you know, guy like Max Rocket, he's doing like tutorials on how to he'll, smoke stuff. He'll start doing stuff on Friday night, oh, probably yeah. for doing stuff on Friday night. Oh, are we gonna? I think we might sous vide something. Oh yeah, we were thinking about. But that is—is is that really? Can that be officially? Shouldn't we keep that a secret? Because isn't isn't it supposed to be like a barbecue? Well, maybe you barbecue it afterward. You know, oh, you, you sous vide it add for a while. on top of the soup. Or maybe you like you know sear it. You could sear the steaks, of course. Then sous vide it, then barbecue it, then wrap it in a tortilla, then deep fry it, and then put it on a pizza. Yeah, we could do that. Maple syrup. Hey Jordan, I went, I went on a little bit of a. Uh, I went on a little bit of a cigar binge this past week. What? Yeah, I bought. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I just wanted to get some cigars, some different cigars. I went on a, a binge. I was binge buying. And? I got uh, a box of, of uh, Viva La Vida. That's that cigar that's made at HS. Viva La Vida. It, you know, what's crazy is we got some samples of that from the company, and it was really good. Solid. 
So I've been, been raving about it. I bought a box of those. Um, when AJ's involved, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, it was a really solid cigar. Um, and that was one that Jeff Todd, and when we were in Philadelphia uh, a month or so ago, Jeff Todd was raving about that. And I didn't smoke it. I was like, kind of like brushing him off, like, dude, I don't want to smoke that. It looks sure. <laughs> doesn't look good. You know. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, it kind of has the look of some, like a catalog. It sort of looks like catalog. a catalog cigar. But it was re- it was really good. I ended up buying a box of them. It was good. Dominic, do you like that cigar? Oh, Dominic hasn't smoked it yet. And I got some uh, the La Aurora 115th. Jordan, Schnazzy. That should be a good cigar. That's um, a sexy looking cigar. Jordan, are you paying attention to the show? I, like I said, I have to still do <laughs> all the behind the scenes stuff. Okay. In front of the scenes. I got the new cigar from Sereno Cigars. The Tiana. Is that how you say it? Tayana, 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 T A I N O, Tino, Tino. I don't like even a, know. Like a, like a Tino Indian kind Just, of a thing. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. I don't know how to say it. That's already a point against it because I can't say the what it is. <laughs> yeah, but you can't say most of the cigars out I there. I got so. two boxes of the new Lords of England. Those have been smoking really good. That's the new cigar from uh, Santana de Crochet. So we got a uh, we got a Connecticut and a Maduro. What one did you like? I like the Maduro a lot better. You like the Maduro? Usually, I'm more of a Connecticut but guy, but uh, I think Connecticut was a little hit or miss. I've found. And those cigars are interesting because he made them at the Perdomo factory. Yeah, it's not De Crozier. First time he's kind of ventured gone away. outside of that. Right. So the parent company is Pure Aroma, and so Pure Aroma makes De Crozier and now Lords of England. Right. Which so is like a revived. Uh, brand it's from an the old, early 1900s. Yeah, an old brand. So you guys, if you see that, it's really beautiful. That's a beautiful cigar. The branding is beautiful. Oh, yeah. The band is beautiful. As, as usual. As usual, Santana never seems to, you know, do anything, you know, crummy in that regard. And then I, and then I got a box of the new uh, Laranja Escuro. Ooh. I got the Corona one. Those things. Are, and, and the Corona Gorda, that's that's Yeah, the, the Corona size, Gorda. That's the Corona Gorda. No, did we get the Corona Gorda, or is it just the Corona? I, th- I don't think there is a regular Corona. Oh, okay. So I got that, too. I don't know why. Just, I just, I just, I need a bunch of, I need new stuff. That's what I said to myself. I need new stuff. Got a bunch of new stuff, new cigars. Because we need to try some, you know, sometimes after a while, you're like, ah, I, lo- I like this, I like this. But you, you need to change it up, you know, change up the, uh, change up what's in the repertoire. So, Jordan, tonight, big show. Big show. Uh, we've wanted to get Dan, Dan on the show for a long time. Hasn't been on in a year or two? Yeah. Have we had two? Dan on? Yeah. Did we? Pretty sure. Yeah. Well, well, anytime we hang out with Dan at the IPCPR, he's always filled with information. So it's going to be interesting tonight to get a, a full rundown of what's going on with uh, surrogates and Latelier and even Tatawahe. Uh, we had Pete on in the fall. That was a great show. And so excited to bring uh, Dan onto the show. Dan Welsh, welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. You are on the air. Sure, you put put me on right when I uh, am having a drink. Right at the, <laughs> Jeez, at the right Dan. time, Dan. You're you're drinking some oatmeal stout. Now let me guess. Is that I am? It, let me let me guess the oatmeal stout. Is, oh, you will not guess. I'm say Go Samuel ahead. Smith's. Is it Samuel? No. S- no. No, that's a classic, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. What do you got? This is. Uh, Hoppin' Frog, Akron, Ohio. Oh, Hoppin' Frog. Are you a, are you a, a beer guy? Of yeah, kind of. 
Is yeah. it? Although, uh, I can tell you, it's been a couple years since I've really chased anything down because the back shelves here at the office are filled with so much stuff like this that I don't think I can drink it all before I die. So, <laughs> Good problem this, to have. This is a double Imperial Stout that they do called Doris the Destroyer oh. um, for the double oatmeal stout. There's a Boris the Destroyer, which is just a regular oatmeal stout. Oh, I've seen uh, that one. Not- and then they, they do, I don't remember, what, I, it's been a couple of years, I think it's Wednesday nights or something, they do a, 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 re, you know, a bottle release and everybody chases it, so... Is my friend Matty Cupcakes up at Havana House in um, Akron. He he used to grab the stuff for me. Till I went on a diet and said, I'm not drinking beer for a good year. So <laughs> then we just had a big collection of beers. Luckily, I like stuff that ages like that. So Now, his nickname is, did you say Matty Cupcakes? Matty Cupcakes, yeah. I, yes. I, if he was, that's he was not... known for collecting the Cupcakes t-shirts, if you know that whole... That's not a nickname that I think is one that a lot of guys <laughs> would like be bargaining for, you know. What did hey, you go the, uh, keto, Dan? Is that you weren't drinking beer for a year? Uh, well, no, no, just just beer break. No. About five years ago, I I did an all plant based diet and I dropped Jeez. a ton of weight. Mm. And last year in March, I decided that I was going to do the same thing, um, but I was going to work out at the same time. So I had. Double the impact, dropped 60 pounds. Nice. Kept, kept most of it off with you know, maybe a 10-pound fluctuation. Um, but I kept I kept working out all year. If, if, if you saw me on Instagram at, at SurrogatesDan, um, you saw me hashtagging hashtag SurrogatesFit a whole bunch last year. I did I posted a bunch of videos where I was, I was like jumping rope with a cigar in my mouth. I was going push-ups with a cigar in my mouth. So I had like a... Workout of the week with a cigar, which everybody thought I was doing with a cigar, um, which, you know, I would do occasionally, but that's not a normal, <laughs> normal workout. <laughs> I want to run like a 5K with a cigar sometime. Uh, I went through two cigars when I was doing one. I, I forget what it was. I think I was actually, I was on a bench press. And um, by the time I, I took a whole bunch of cuts to edit together, I had gone through two tattoos. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a whole workout with a cigar, just so you know. That's rough, right? Like because like if you're ever like you know like rollerblading or skateboarding, and you're. Smoking. I did rollerblading too. <laughs> yeah, and if you're smoking a cigar, you don't you don't realize how much because you're breathing harder. You don't realize yeah, how yeah. much you're you're like sucking in. So you got to yeah. be careful if you're not you know really used to the uh, sort of nicotine blast. You can. But you know, I'm on, a, I'm on a plant-based diet too. I will only smoke cigars, Dan, that come from plants. Oh, that's it. That I, that would be all of them. I won't smoke awesome. any other types of cigars <laughs> that are not. One hundred percent vegan, right there. One hundred percent vegan, as far as my cigar, my cigar uh, habit goes. So, Dan, let's talk. Um, uh, let's get into this right now. Now, a lot of guys uh, may or may not know sort of your story. Uh, sure. Let's give a little uh, background. I'd like to start with a little background on the show of uh, how you sort of got into the biz, how you got hooked up with uh, Pete Johnson from Tatawahe, and how you ended up doing surrogates. I, I love this whole idea of surrogates, and we'll talk more about it even later. But uh, maybe give folks a little entry into uh, how you got involved in the first place, because you've been around a long time. You've been in the business, especially the boutique cigar business, for a long time. Yeah, well, so and that's really that's really where surrogates came from. Um, 
But the short of the story, which is not short, it's long, um, started in 1999 when I started traveling back and forth to L.A. Um, and I was doing acting classes. And I ended up getting an apartment out there. I live in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and at the time, I had a house in Columbus. I was doing IT consulting. Wanted to do that out there so that I could kind of get back to what I went to college for, which was acting. Um, and so I ended up getting an apartment and literally flying back and forth every weekend. Can't even imagine that now, although I, I'm out on the road most weeks. Um, but I can't imagine that kind of schedule that I was doing. Um, early midlife crisis, maybe. Um, anyways, um, that was 99. And in that year when I was out there with an apartment going out every week and doing acting classes on Saturday and Sunday and improv classes on Sunday, one, one day after class, I wandered by... Um, I knew I knew about the Grand Havana Room in Beverly Hills, and I'm like, well, if I ever move out here, there's like a three-year waiting list. I, sh I surely should get on it. And I just drove by to see where it was. It's on Cannon Drive, um, like one street over from Rodeo. And there was a cigar shop downstairs. I had no idea there was a cigar shop. I just figured it was this private lounge, and I had no idea how I was going to get information about it. So I parked my car, and I went into the to the cigar shop, and Pete was running the shop at the time. And um, a tiny, tiny, little, tiny pie-shaped shop. I mean, tiny. It's the smallest thing I've seen still to date. Um, three chairs inside, Pete standing behind a cash register and a little humidor with a ladder that went straight up because you walked through the door and everything was like lateral um, or vertical. And um, anyways, we hit it off. We started talking. I bought a big Opus X, I think, sat there and smoked it, met a couple of the regulars that came in every day. And so I don't remember if it was that Saturday or the following week I did the same thing. One of those times I brought up, hey, what's up with the Grand Havana room upstairs? And he didn't really say anything, so I didn't really want to push it. And um, <laughs> so week after week I was doing that, and a couple weeks in, Pete said, so you mentioned something about the uh, the Grand Havana room upstairs? Um, I'll give you a name and, um, you give her a call and she can send you the information. So he did. And I did. Um, in fact, that night on my way back to the apartment, I, I actually called and she was still at the office and I stopped by the office and picked up a packet. Still thinking there's like this three year waiting list. I'll, you know, I'll eventually get in. This will be awesome. And, um, so I got what I wanted. And, um, anyways, I fill this, fill this stuff out and, this continues week after week. I, I just keep stopping in after class. You're basically like stalking him at this point. No, actually, that was the only <laughs> shop that I really found that you know to hang out at. Otherwise, I was just w still walking the beach in Santa Monica with a right, cigar because right. you could still do that in 2000. Um, and um, it was it was literally about a month. And I I walked in. Pete was like, "Do you hear anything yet?" And I went, "No. Why would I hear anything?" And he's like, ah, I don't know. I've been hearing stuff. Uh, <laughs> I've been hearing so, stuff. <laughs> yeah, so literally a couple weeks later, I had a key to a locker, and I was in. in. And um, so we started hanging out at the Grand Havana Room, and for for three years straight, that, that literally turned into what I did. Um, I eventually stopped going to acting classes and started going to the Cigar Lounge. Wow, nice. <laughs> and, um, and Pete and I got into wine together, and we used to go up to Paso Robles on the weekends, and visit wineries and the whole shooting match he t started he got 
Well, one one of the other guys at the Grand Havana room got me gave me my first Cuban cigar ever, um, and then Pete and I kind of hit it off as I tried to make my way around the islands, smoking every Cuban I could get my hands on at that point. Um, and so I had that I had that nice early phase of 2000 to 2002, I'd say, of smoking all through the island fresh because I had never had any of them. So. You know, back then, Partagas was Partagas, Monte Cristo was Monte Cristo, and eventually you could hand someone one and they could tell you what it was. Pete told me, like, literally about a month after I started smoking Cubans, I ordered stuff from overseas, brought them, brought them up to the lounge and laid them out. No bands on them, four different SKUs, four different brands, and he said, what are these? Where'd you get these? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We're going to smoke them, though. He's like... Where, no, seriously, where'd you get these? And I said, I said, well, what do you mean? And he named all four sticks. Dudes. No band, just looked at them, you know, looked at the size, looked at the color of the wrapper. That was about it. And he was like, that's like the best Boulevard Bellicoso I've ever seen. That's the best blubbity blub I've ever seen. One of them tripped him up. It was a San Cristobal, and there were, there were only two skews that had, had that size, and, what, and San Cristobal was new back then, so... Um, I said, no, no, it's a San Cristobal. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. But he named these things blind, right? <laughs> so we hit it off. But I stopped traveling right before he started the brand. So it was late 2002, early 2003 when I stopped traveling. Um, gave up my apartment, moved back to Columbus and um, for good. And uh, Now, wait, wait, before, the, before you get there, before you get yeah, there. Yeah. When you were in acting, what was sort of like your ambition? What 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 was your style of acting? What did you foresee yourself? Oh, I just wanted to be a character actor. Okay. So I was studying with a with a guy named Alan Feinstein, um, old big guy like me. Um, he was uh, Mr. Goodbar in Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Oh, okay. And, um, as I as I sat in on different acting classes, you know, they are exactly what you see in the movies. There's someone sitting up there telling you everything that you're doing wrong and then you're supposed to take it and walk away. <laughs> and I was doing casting director workshops. Those were more fun. You'd go in for a couple hours, they'd hand you a script and you'd go out in the hallway with someone, come back in and perform it for them. Um, and it was, you know, that was good practice for what you would do on an audition. But I couldn't audition anywhere because I was traveling. And you got to be on a beck and call like, hey, about an hour from now, I got I got somewhere for you to you know do a cattle call. You can you get there? Uh, yeah, no, I can't do that kind of stuff. So so I really wasn't doing submissions and stuff like that. I was just trying to get the training under my belt in case I moved out there. Um, but yeah, he was he was a character actor, and we hit it off, and that's kind of you, you have know, you have a good voice about. for it. I mean, I could see you. In fact, after at the end of the show, we're into our weekly top five, which is sort of topical. I didn't realize that you were. You were into acting, so this will be interesting at the end of the show, but you got a nice, you know, they get that deep voice for it. You could have done voiceover work, maybe. Yeah, I had I had a good voice on stage. Uh, you know, you hear yourself, and you're like, nah, I can't stand my voice. But I had a big beckoning voice when I did stage work. I used to do stage work here in town um, with a bunch of experimental companies. Um, but, you know, now I'm traveling. I can't do that either. It's always so interesting to hear these, like, backstories because you never expect, like, you know, what you're going to hear, like, how the guy eventually ended up in the cigar industry. And so then you, you move back to Ohio, 
at that point. And I was still doing IT consulting, which you hear in this industry all the time. I was in IT, you know, and then, you know, they made money in IT and then had money to start a company. Uh That was that was not my case. I used my money traveling (laughs) (laughs) and didn't put it away. But that's for another time. Um, Anyways. So, yeah, IT, music, theater. You know, I when I graduated from college, I put a music studio together. So yet another frustrated bass player. And I, you know, taught myself to play some piano and a little bit of guitar, a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. like jack of all trades sure. kind of thing, right? Um, but that creative outlet, it's not, it's not so far off. Right. I tell everybody when I was in school, I went from theater to music ed to physics to computer science. And had I been at not a small liberal arts college, but a big school where someone could have said, "There's nothing different about all those things, man." Like. Maybe you should be an engineer. You could go work for Korg keyboards or something like that. I probably it probably would have flicked a light bulb off rather than being frustrated like hey, I like everybody else. Hey, I don't know what I want to do when I'm in school, right? Um, so, but they're all related and they're all related to to this as well. Sure, it's all. Uh, it's so, cre- I, it's so I went back to the yeah. IT world and years a few years later, Pete had started his brand. I was following that, and um, and I kind of got back into the domestic world. But I had been ordering online from Geneva, Switzerland, from a site that I thought was just, you know, the tits of all cigar sites for Cubans, topcubans.com. Okay. And um, so one day I woke up with this little brainstorm that like, hey, no one is doing that in the domestic world. In fact, Mm. the stuff that I'm ordering is so dry and misrepresented because we're still dealing with the catalogs. You know, this is not today. This is 2007. Right. And so it was just the catalogs and it was text online. There were no pictures. There was no nothing. But Top Cubans had everything by size. You know, you, you could see pictures of it. You could see real descriptions of it. Not something that someone at one site copied from somebody else's catalog and put it up and it was wrong and they didn't care. Um, so I flew out to L.A. and I dummied up a website and um, I talked to you know i spent the weekend with pete and i'm like so here's my brainstorm man like as a hobby i want to start a a website and you know i'd love to have access to tatuai cigars because the stuff that's out there is misrepresented it's not really out there very much blah 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 well dion from illusione was visiting pete with in in hand he had uh the very first versions of the original document Illusiones, the very first Illusiones that came out. So he was coming out the same day I was coming out. So Pete and I had the talk, and he's like, dude, you got to repeat this when Dion gets here. So the three of us are sitting around the office until 3 a.m. smoking Dion cigars, and I finally brought it up, and, and he went, yeah, man, I, I really don't think I ever want Illusione to be online. Again, 2007, <laughs> right? <laughs> And, um, and I said, yeah, but this is going to be like a brick and mortar store online. I mean, it's all going to be retail pricing, blah, 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 blah. One of the things that I really want to do is help you guys market, you know, by getting the right information out there and getting pictures of your cigars. And another thing was, um, doing line. I, I was like, I want to do a line sampler. So, Hey, you're going to have seven cigars in this Illusione original documents, right? Peter, Pete with the Brown label, the Hunter series. I'm like, I want to put up a hunter sampler, one of each stick. And here's why. Because when I was smoking all the Cubans, I realized that Dan wasn't the Robusto guy that I thought I was. 
I thought everything that I should ever buy should be a Robusto, and if I like the blend, I'll like it. And that wasn't true, mm. because in every blend, there was a size that stuck out to me, and as I talked to people, they kind of admitted the same thing. So that's a soapbox of mine when I'm out doing events is, you know, I know, so reach for the cigar that you would normally reach for, a Toro, a Robusto, a size, a shape, whatever, in a line. But then do yourself a favor and smoke every other one because one of them will stand out and surprise you. And that's kind of one of the things that's fun about this is this hobby of ours is being surprised all the time. Yeah, right. I heard you you talk about um, Viva La Vida. And a friend of mine from New York sent me one of those, and I, I thought the same thing. I thought, wow, what catalog did you order this from? Because it just has a band that looks like that. Right. No disrespect whatsoever, right? And as, had he taken the band off and sent it to me, I, well, I know enough now to try to get over it. But it's still hard to get over it. Sure, right. But I, I start smoking, and I had the same reaction you did. I, I liked it a lot. Um, and I would turn around and buy a box of that just like you did. Um, but... Had he given it to me with the band off, it might have been a quicker decision. Right. <laughs> I probably waited till the end of the cigar before I, I'm like, yeah, that's box worthy. It's actually really hey, good. We talk um, about, Dan, we talk about this all the time in, in Dojo headquarters about how the branding does affect it. Do, I don't, for whatever reason, whether right or wrong, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's maybe it's mental or whatever, but. The branding and how it's presented to you does make yeah. a difference. So what you're saying when you started this website was I want to try to help create the narrative for these cigars so that when people get them, they have a better feeling in their mind or a better understanding in their mind of what they're going to get and how, what yeah. they should expect. And, and that, that adds to the fact that they may like it more had they just not known these facts. It really is true. It's it's part of your learning experience, right? Right. I mean, knowing the correct wrapper, knowing the correct strength level. I mean, if you're a beginner, that's you have to start somewhere. You know, we can all train our palate, um, but you know, finding chicken liver and all all kind of other crazy, you know, nomicures for flavors, you know, you don't need to go there. You just need to you need to understand what it is that you like about a thing so that you can tell your tobacconist. You know, how, we all walk in the store and, you know, in a good tobacconist will we'll look at you and say, you know, what can I help you with? What do you normally smoke? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, I'm looking for something different. Um, you know, I've smoked a lot of this stuff. Well, what have you smoked? You know, what what is it about them that you like? Let me lead you, you know. And there, there are a lot of good tobacconists out there still that will do that. Um, and uh, if, if you're afraid of it, I mean, in the 90s, Early 90s, when I started smoking, I was afraid of that. Like, I did not answer that question well. I was the typical guy. I went, nope, don't need any help. Mm-hmm. Right. And where, where do you go then? You, you kind of do what I did when I started out in wine. You get attracted to a, a, a label, you know, or a, a placard that says, hey, this got 95 points. And you're like, hey, I'll try it. And then you hate it. But if you're not thinking about it and someone hasn't told you about it, you really don't know why you hate it. Like, you really don't know what grapes are in the wine. You really don't know what wrapper was on that cigar. You don't know what strength level, what, you know, what kind of tobaccos were they? Was it, was it Dominican or Nicaraguan, some worldly blend? I mean, there's something about something that you don't like, and there's something that you do like, and you need to keep track of that. That's, that's literally about my best advice for the, those beginner smokers that ask all the time, like, you know, how to, 
how do I get there? Well, you got to smoke a whole bunch of different stuff, but you got to take little mental notes. I mean, it's great if you're anal enough to keep a notebook like some guys do and keep their bands and all that stuff. That's awesome. You'll, you'll get there much quicker. Um, but you know, I, like I, when with the Cuban realm, I, I smoked my way through the Island, liked them or not, you know, tried to learn what I could learn about different brands. And, you know, back then they were very distinct. I, I can't really say that anymore, but right. um, yeah, nowadays, you know, you can still tell the, you can still get the Cuban profile, but yes. it's, it's harder to understand and de- determine and They do seem to be the hardest ones to pinpoint individual flavors for me. I don't smoke. I smoke the least Cubans out of any of the countries, but. Sure. But back then, it was much easier. Right. Um, now, you know, I mean, a Monte Cristo now is not what a Monte Cristo was in 2000. Um, it's <laughs> it's really just a, a light, light brown wrappered cigar. <laughs> back, back then, they were dark brown, just like, you know, Tatuaje Brown Label. You know, it was a, it was a Colorado brown color, uh, medium full bodied. Um, now it feels like you know people think of Monte Cristo as a as a light cigar, and um, and because they kind of are all of a sudden. So let's uh, fa- let's fast forward to um, to. So that was two yeah. So that was two thousand and seven, and literally I came back and I started this website with you know no. No marketing, no nothing. It just blew up word of mouth. Now that and website, I think it's still up. Still right? up. It, yeah, it's still going. New Havana Cigars. It had it had a huge bell curve early on, where sure. it literally blew up, and I stopped consulting because I couldn't do both at the same time anymore. Right. At first, you know, for the first, I'd say twelve months or so, you know, a couple orders would roll in. I'd come over after work and ship them. Um, <laughs> but then it kind of then it kind of blew up, and Pete and Dion were both introducing all kind of new stuff. So as all that stuff came in, it got to be more and more work keeping up with it and on and on. Um, I went through some other, you know, I brought in a few other brands back then, Viaje, EPC, um, Kurt Kendall's stick there for a little while, um, 601s when they first came out, a couple other things like that. Um, my fa- I had my father in um, for a short time period too. Um, but the, you know, the things that, that kept the site going were Tatuai and Illusione and that, you know, that kept going and going and going until really now it's really just all of our stuff. Right. Uh, I, if, if I were doing what I was doing then now there are, Oh shit. There have to be at least six, eight boutique brands that would be part of new Havana cigars now. Um, but I don't have the, you know, the time to put into that. So, you know, it being a, it being a small entity is great. I don't want it to go away. Um, but, um, and you know, and it may expand some, um, Ellen, Ellen helps me out when I'm out of town. So orders still get shipped and whatnot, but you know, that really keeping track of it on a daily basis, you know, I would want to be here for that if I had that many more offerings. So, um, and the, and there are a ton of, ton of sites out there now. So how um, did you get into this stage where you were actually a cigar brand you're making cigars yeah so so surrogate started as a new havana release um and it it literally was born out of frustration as things tend to be it was born out of the frustration with um the the three big brands that i had then were tatuaje illusione and viaje and tatuaje and viaje especially kept doing all kind of small releases hey hey man i got 200 boxes of this can i get you a couple yeah, sure. And I'll break down those boxes and I'll, you know, I'll do a sampler because 
that was the other thing I was doing was vacuum sealing stuff um, with a humida pack inside. So the stuff was really fresh and um, there were, you know, no damaged cigars. It was easy with, you know, peat stuff not being soloed back then to be able to vacuum seal it and ship it without worrying about it. Um, so, so I did that, but it was frustrating because you'd get two boxes of this and three boxes of that and that's it. Um, and everybody went ape crap about it, you know, and they would sell out in 30 seconds and then you'd have another hundred guys that were mad. Um, so out of the frustration as a joke, um, Pete and I got in this conversation about, I'm like, dude, does anybody actually smoke all these limited edition things or they just collecting them and trading them? And I'll still, <laughs> I'll still ask that question to you guys today because, yeah. I, you know, I, I called surrogates, the surrogates idea a social experiment. And the way, the way I sold it to Pete was, I'm like, look, what would it take to do what you're doing with a limited release, but make it all the time? And he's like, well, what do you mean, what would it take? And I'm like, I actually didn't word that right. I mean, what could we sell them for if we were making them as a regular line? I mean, it's not a $13 cigar then, right? You know, the cost of making just a few boxes and making bands for a special project that only has a couple hundred boxes in it, that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, we could do what what you're talking about at everyday prices. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I mean. And he's like, but what do you mean, like, you know, that limited edition kind of thing? And I'm like, I have an idea for a brand, but in the brand, it's not a blend with a bunch of sizes. It's a bunch of blends. Right. Mm. And he just kind of went, what? And I'm like, <laughs> imagine every cigar in a lineup called such and such, which he's like, well, what would you? And I said, I said, but every one of them is completely different. It's a project-based brand. And he's like, ooh, project-based brand. I kind of like that. He's like, what would you call it? And I'm like, I have no idea. I think the first thing I threw out was Clone Wars. <laughs> so it's Star Wars and I'm like, yeah, we can't get away with that. And that sounds stupid anyways. Um, and then one of, one of us threw out surrogates. And, um, and he's like, yeah, I like that. And, um, and so that Skullbreaker and Bone Crusher were the, the first two things. They were done just for NHC. Um, and those two blends are the closest out of all of the other eight blends so far, as far as like the blending philosophy goes. You know, they're, they're close. They're both a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. They're both 10 out of 10 on a strength scale. Um, really, the difference in the blend is the mix of Lajeros that's in it um, and the sizes. Um, but, the, you know, the idea was that everything that we would come out with would be a project, just like Monsters, just like a limited release, whatever. And um, so, in, so that was in 2010. And so we did, I don't know, 200 boxes of each of them with the NHC logo on them. And then literally about a year later, um, before we even expanded it any further, Pete had the idea to put Atelier Imports together okay. um, with him and myself and his brother Casey and our friend Sean Casper Johnson, um, no relation, in L.A. Um, and the four of us kind of put together a workshop. That's what Atelier means in French, um, is a workshop where the four of us would, you know, work on and confirm blends and and try to do our own marketing and th and that kind of stuff and you know I I right. talk about that all the time with people that you know weren't around when we started that because back then we said it over and over again that you know Pete had a solo career for 
close to 10 years um, and really just wanted to put a group back together. And that band analogy works perfect because that's, that's kind of the way we treated that. And we put surrogates under that umbrella, um, did the core atelier that first year, and then right. two budget brands, El Suelo and Trocadero. Uh, that's what we went to the show with in 2011, 2012. So the, the uh, La Atelier original, the 52 and 56, I remember yep. those at the time, and I still to this day love those cigars. And so, but all of these are sort of like an homage to another cigar. That as well. Yeah, as that that that's not quite true with Atelier. Okay. Atelier, um, we we stole the Bahique sizes, right. and I think that's what you're. I think that's what you're right. alluding to. Sure. Um, and back then, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, they're trying to create a Bahique." But we just kind of liked the those three sizes, um, and so that became a theme. Well, they, um, they also had the same uh, fantail cap, didn't they? Um, yeah, I think Pete's Guapo had that long before, but he case had it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, honestly, that's the that's a true story. Um, so so yeah, the Gua- Pete's Guapo cigar had the same thing. But ultimately, um, that is what surrogates is. I mean, I know yes. maybe maybe yes, not but sur- maybe not surrogates the core was its own entity, even inside of Atelier. Yeah. It literally just kind of came with me. Um, as being part of Atelier, I said, Pete, can we take surrogates national then under that umbrella? And he's like, yeah, that's, that's what I was hoping, um, you would be involved with. What a cool idea. I, I, I love this idea of, and not all of them are an homage to a specific cigar, but some of them are just an homage to something that's a style or an experience. Yeah. Right. A style or something that's popular maybe in the industry. Yeah, and, and you've been doing them. How many are there now? Let's see. You've got Skullbreaker, Bonecrusher, eight, eight blends, um, and then there are three cigars that we have also in a second size. So there was never an intent to do another size of the same blend. Um, but so here, here's where it came from. Um, the the very first year out, we had Bonecrusher and Skullbreaker, of course. Those already existed, um, but we added Tramp Stamp and Crystal Baller. That's so what I'm that's smoking where, now. I'm that's smoking where the... Casey, Sean, and Pete and I got together. Yes, and the one that you're smoking is actually an add-on size, but I'll right. get to that. Um, so we added Tramp Stamp and Crystal Baller, and that was our first year out in 2012. And you know, we went down and we we're like, let's let's level it out. We'll, we'll come out with with it'll be four blends at the start, and then we'll add one every year. Um, and <laughs> Tramp Stamp is literally an homage to Pete's event cigar, the Black Label. So back then, Black Label as a brand didn't exist. It was the event cigar. Right. So, of course, it should be almost a Corona Gorda, right? Uh, Corona Gorda is 5 and 5 eighths by 46. And we, we didn't want to do that, that exact thing. So this is 5 and a quarter by 48, but the same kind of smoking experience. And set out to blend something that reminded us of that. Um, totally totally different it's a habano oscuro wrapper um where the black label is criollo sun-grown criollo in nicaragua and um but the um the strength level and the finesse of the blend um they're in that same camp so again just an homage to it and the name tramp stamp obviously it, you know we played with all kind of plays on tattoos and different kind of tattoos tramp stamp was an early thing that we threw out and we just figured everybody would be offended by it and 
And then we came back to it and said, uh, we don't really fucking care if people are offended by it. <laughs> so at that it's point, you're, the, at that it's point kind you're, of the novelty joke of all this, too, is you, that, right? You're literally I mean, punking yourself at that point. I mean, it's... Yes. And, and, and we, you know, Pete said, we ha- if, if we're going to do it this way, we have, we have to get ours out of the way right away. Um, and then we were down at the factory, and they're like, you know, the other three are like, what else? And I said, I said well, I've got an idea. I've, I have been smoking a ton of Epernay box press. Oh. Uh, and what a great I love, cigar, yeah. I love the feel of a, you know, a, a tight, not a tight, but a, a packed box press, one that you can just really relax into late at night. I smoke backwards. I smoke skull breakers in the morning with mm. coffee. And then, like, you know, what you're smoking right now, and, well, even this satin glove is a more finesse stick, but usually in the evening I get into something a little more finesse. And that's that's kind of where I was going with that. So, so yeah, kind of an homage to you know Epernay, but really it's it's more about trying to get that finesse feeling. You know, it's a lighter Habano wrapper. It's not it's not a medium. It's not even a medium bodied cigar. It's medium plus plus really. But the flavor profile is all about trying to be, you know, more finesse, more complex, more for the experienced smoker kind of thing. But you're smoking it. I think it's kind of it's kind of. I think it's kind of in in the reach of everyone. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Now, what is what did at the time is Dion in on this? What does he think? Is he? No, what does he say? that was no. That, what I just said was probably never stated back then. Okay. Um, uh, but shortly after, you know, on the road, I was I was telling that story because that's that's literally the inspiration, you know, for for why I wanted to do a stick like that, um, and then uh, you know. <laughs> The the name kind of, kind of ends up revolving back to right. It it it's like we we joke. Some of them are two times removed. Some of them are three times removed. Some of them have nothing to do with anybody. This one's probably three times removed from thinking about Epernay, which is champagne, um, and mm-hmm. being a baller in the <laughs> right in the, well, I'm, in the champagne I'm, room, right? You know. I remember. Then, the, oh, sorry. Go and then the graphic for the crystal baller. If you stare at that little round graphic, sure. That is, <laughs> Sean. Sean owned that graphic because he did it for Madonna's um, Mirror Ball. Oh. I forget. I forget what album it was, but it that was that was the graphic from her album cover, and he had done that I graphic. Did so I not think we would end up in with Madonna. Yeah. But, <laughs> Here yeah, we go. Right? <laughs> from theater to Madonna, yeah. it's full circle, actually, right? <laughs> and then the following year, when we did Animal Cracker, everybody was, you know, everybody had all these big ring gauges, six sixty and up. Like six sixty was the smallest, and we just thought that was a joke. And we end up at the factory in February, um, doing blending sessions for everything else. And we're like, "What's the surrogate going to be this year?" And I'm like. We got to do a big ring gauge, man. That's the you know, that's I can't just can't get it out of my mind. It's the theme of the year is big ring gauge. We don't smoke them. The only thing Pete has in the portfolio is the Grand Coho New, Which is a great and for cigar. me that's a Super Bowl stick. Yeah. Although it's the biggest seller out of Miami, by the way. That's the still Grand one Coho. of my. That's still probably my favorite Gordo cigar. Yeah, like, I don't even I like, like the big cigars, but that particular cigar I love. It's like milk yeah. chocolate. Pete, Pete just released, um, well, he's just starting to leak a few out, um, but he's rolling them in Miami right now. It's a 5x60 version of that. Mm. Uh, it's a tribute to um, the last Rottweiler, the past Arnold. Um, 
And so it's the Series A. Um, comes in same 12-count box like the Grand Kohonu, but it's a 5x60. Dude, that that is my stick. Really? And, like, nice. and strange, right? Because, like, honestly, the 6x60 Animal Cracker, I can count the number of them that I've smoked this year. Um, and, you know, the fan base... The fan, our fan base is, you know, really, they're more like us. They're into smaller ring gauges and flavor, right? And so they were begging for a smaller animal cracker. And a year later, we came out with our five packs. If you know what those are, the paper five packs, mm-hmm. um, four and a half by 38s. So a little more than half a Lancero. Um, and we did Atelier. We did El Suelo and Trocadero. And I wanted to do surrogates. And the guys were like, we can't, man. They're all different blends. And I'm like, everybody wants a smaller animal cracker. Let's call them cracker crumbs. <laughs> and of course, that that is that that's the biggest seller under the surrogates umbrella are those little cracker crumbs. Really? Um, then the guys were like, okay, seriously, that was another joke, right? Because we love that blend. It's a powerhouse in that tiny little cigar. But can you just make a freaking robusto? Um, and so we eventually put out the AC 550 version, which is a five by 50 Robusto version of animal cracker. And, and then once we broke that rule, we kind of had it in our mind that some of these, some of these blends would go vertical, if you will, where they've got multiple sizes in them. Um, so we've got three of them now that have a second size. That's all. Um, but there are, there are eight blends total. All right, let's before we get to the satin glove and the seven Sam and the eight baller, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll fi- we'll talk about those last surrogates, and then we'll get into our weekly top five at the end of the show. And also, I want to find out from Dan what he thinks when he gets a review that isn't positive. I want to just hear. <laughs> I want to get his opinion on when he gets a review from a reviewer that isn't positive, how he reacts. So we'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers. As an added bonus, order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique, it's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived, and it starts here. All right, Jordan, we are back. This is episode 196 of Smoking Out Live. I'm here with my intrepid producer, Jordan. Mm. Is that a good word, intrepid? I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> We're also here with Dan Welsh of uh, Surrogates, Tatawahe, Latelier Imports. We've been talking about the Surrogates line, and so we've covered pretty much the whole beginning part of it. We're just down now to the uh, Satin Glove. Now, this is an interesting one, Dan, the Satin Glove, because it's an homage. I, I, I won't say what I think it's an homage to, but maybe you can explain the type of cigar that the Satin Glove is, and maybe people can figure it out. 
what it's uh, pointing to. No, so I, the, yeah, this is this is actually this is actually a quick good one because this 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 kind of shows how they've all come about in totally different mannerisms, right? We were sitting around and the San Andreas wrapper that the Garcias were were processing at the time, Pete hadn't used for anything. So we literally wanted to use the wrapper. We we tasted it on just a g- generic stick and we were like the the way they processed the wrapper was phenomenal. So we had decided that we're going to use that wrapper. So we're sitting around and I'm like, I'd love to do another box press. And Sean went, Oh yeah, dude, like a Churchill, like seven by 47. That'd be awesome. And I'm like, so I want another finesse stick because we just did, you know, the animal crackers, another ball buster, 10 out of 10 on the strength scale. And I'm like, you know, so more back into into that realm of finesse, like crystal baller, right? Um, so San Andreas wrapper, finesse, box press, seven by 47. And Pete just bust out laughing. And we're like, what? And he goes, you just described a Padron. Ah, <laughs> oh, hey. Literally. So that's that was literally the, the impetus for that stick was that. And then, you know, yeah, no. It was a, hey, let's let's do our version of Padron. So if that may, if it makes sense, it came at it from the back backside. You know, it's like you described what you were thinking, and then out loud, it's like, huh, yeah, you just described a padrone, right? We all love padrone, <laughs> and what you're talking about is that. So, so we set out to do all of those things. Use that wrapper in that size, in that you know, a box press in that size, um, and uh, and get it complex and finessed enough to really you know, enjoy in the, in the sense of I'm just sitting back with a drink and, you know, this is my evening stick. But Satin Glove, <laughs> now that, that name, Satin Glove, is how does that relate? I mean, I, I think I know because you've told me at IPCPR, but, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. If you yeah, there, it started off as a, uh, you know, the idea of the white glove treatment, you know, okay. that whole presentation to you in, a, you know, in an old, old cigar lounge kind of feel. So... It, it came about from throwing out the term white glove treatment kind of cigar um, to, um, well, there was there was a thing about velvet glove, right. um, which went by the wayside. Um, there was a, a velvet hammer idea, um, mm-hmm. which really went by the wayside because a retailer heard us talking about it and said, uh, now you're really talking about Padron <laughs> because of the hammer story. And we're like, yeah, dude, good, good point. We won't go there. Um, and then, you know, if you look close, this is actually a play on, on Mario's glove from right. Mario Brothers. <laughs> and, and he holds that's, a hammer. That, that's really, where, yeah. And that's really where the graphic came from. <laughs> but it, it kind of came out of white glove treatment. All right. So seventh, seventh Sam, that's the seventh Sam. That was the seventh year. Um, and that one, that one was kind of fun because Matt Booth had always been saying, Hey, when are you going to do a surrogate? When are you going to do me? When are you going right. to do me? And I'm like, Hey, don't worry, man. We'll do a, we'll be, we'll do a perfecto. We'll wrap it in paper. We'll mm-hmm. do some Asian theme. And he's like, really? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So that was always a joke between Matt and I. And, um, when seven, when the seventh year came around, I kind of had that in my mind. And I said to Pete, I said, I want to use seven different tobacco strains 
And he's like, yeah, no way, man. The factory will never do that. <laughs> well, I want to I want to do something that we don't normally do at the factory. And I said, so I told him, you know, the whole booth story. And I said, I said, look, if we come up with something that we like, but is weird, I'm okay with that. Like it does, you know, it's going to be a big perfecto. It doesn't have to be a, you know, hey, I smoke this every day. Like I want you to smoke all the other surrogates every day. Right. Um, it wouldn't be that kind of stick. And he's like, put it on paper. Here's, you know, here's all the tobaccos in the factory. Put it on paper and we'll go from there. So I literally thunk about it. You, you know, thunk about it. Thunk about it. <laughs> and, um, and I put down on paper what I was thinking. Um, Sumatra wrapper, these two different leaf strains for, you know, the two binder leaves. And then these four in the filler. Showed it to Pete. He commented and said, uh, yeah, one of these binders is going to be real redundant with the Sumatra. Swip it, swap it in the filler. We'll bring one of the other ones out to, to the second binder leaf. So we started there, um, and the factory rolled some as perfectos. Um, that's the other thing about surrogates that I explain when I'm at an event. Um, you know, usually you're down at the factory, and you're like, hey, put this blend together, and we'll see what it tastes like. And they usually roll you a Robusto or something that you can smoke in a general amount of time. When we were doing Animal Cracker, they were rolling six by sixties with a Fuma head. And the day they were, you know, bringing out all the different blends that we kept asking for, I must have smoked through ten of them. Oof. I had the worst nicotine dreams in Nicaragua <laughs> that night. It was like I was <laughs> on an acid dreams. trip. And so, like, I want to name a hey, wait, nicotine I, dream. I'm just right now. Nicotine I'm, I'm can I trade? I'm trademarking that right now. It'll be the that's do, all they come about. It'll be the Dojo <laughs> Surrogates release. Nic Ooh. Nicotine dreams. This is a 2021 release. Just oh, easy. Put it down right now. Just go ahead and mark it down. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I, I'm, in the books. I'm not shitting you. That is a, that is actually a great idea, I'm, and that's I'm how in. they all come about. Okay, I'm in. around like that. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I mean, seven, mm. seven, Sam, you know, went through a few iterations off, off the rolling floor that Pete was bringing, Pete was bringing them back from the factory for me. And, um, I remember the first, the first iteration I, I, I'm smoking it and he's like, let me know. And I'm like, oh man, I'm loving this. And he's like, yep, where are you? And I'm like, I just got it, got past the pot belly. Uh, so first third, right. And he's like, yep, let me know. <laughs> I got to the middle and it sucked so bad. Oh, and I, and I texted him and I'm like, I'm like, dude, this this cigar sucks now. What the hell happened? He's like, keep smoking. So I smoked it through to the end and I loved the end again. And I called him and I'm like, I'm like, so what was that all about? And he's like, I already called the factory. I know. I kind of figured exactly what they did. And I said, I said, it's almost like all the tobacco wasn't in the whole cigar. And he went, yep. And I went, what? And he's like, well, you asked for all these high priming things. You like, mm. you know, you wanted broadleaf Lajero in the in the filler, and, you know, and it's a perfecto that goes, you know, down right. to a forty-eight. So they decided they couldn't fit all that in there, so they just put a half leaf, and it was down at the bottom where you right. liked it. And I'm like, all right, so have them, you know, down all that. It won't be as strong, but you know, get rid of get rid of the Lajero, take it down a notch. See if they can fit that in. He's, he said, "Yeah, that's what I that's what I called in again already. We'll we'll see what that's like, but I have another idea too. Um, but you know, it was about getting seven different strains of tobacco full leaf to fit. You know, in that's this in an in interesting shape. shape, right? Um, but it didn't. It, you know, honestly, it didn't 
it didn't move very far from what was on paper in the beginning. And by the time they, you know, we got to that last iteration where we're like, yeah, that's actually awesome. And you know what? It's not the weird cigar that we set out to make. It's actually really balanced. <laughs> that was the big joke of it was, oh, now it's really balanced. Should we still call it Seven Sam? Like, it should, ha- should it still have this theme, this funky, weird theme? Um, that's, a, you know, the, the icon that's on there looks like a T, but it's actually the kanji symbol for the number seven. All right. Uh, and then you and then, the, and, now and then Eight Baller, eight baller last right. year was, you know, a, broad, a broadleaf um, box press. A little stronger than Crystal Baller, but it's in, it's in the realm of kind of like a Maduro Crystal Baller. Okay. Um, so, so if you aged an Eight Baller... You would you would still get a ton of finesse. Gotcha. Um, it's not it's not a ball buster. It's it's medium full bodied, but it's you know it's not a you know Lajero ridden bomb like Animal Cracker and Bone Crusher are. Do we have um, a uh, do we have a, an, uh, another surrogate in the pipeline? Yeah, so coming up this year, the sad the sad part of the next surrogate that you're going to see is um, um, I'm hoping to call it AKC, um, which is a play on American Kennel Club. And play on a Kenji cigar mm. um, because we we had to put my dog my dog down this year. His name was Kenji. He was a Mastiff Labrador mix and mm. just good thing we don't have like, Jack on the show still. Yeah, thank God Jack's yeah, not on the like show. Don't, I don't I don't need another dog in my life ever. It's the only dog I've ever had as a from a puppy on. Right. I'd rescued other dogs as adults, but like he was he was rescued, but he was about four months old when we got him. So we didn't really know what he was going to grow into. We knew he was a mastiff mix. Mm. Turns out he was a a mastador. Like breeders actually breed mastiffs and labradors together, and, and they're called mastadors. And he was a beautiful um, reverse dark brindle. Um, and oh, uh, he didn't awesome. he didn't make it through the winter. He had arthritis, and he ended up mm. slipping a disc in his back that he just couldn't get over. Oh, so that's too bad. Sorry about that. But but you know we're looking at a uh, a. A five by fifty-five with a uh, Mexican wrapper, but strong. Okay. Not ballbuster strong like Bone Crusher, but pretty strong. Um, almost, almost that strong. So, um, Dan, you've been in this industry a long time, based on what we've heard tonight. And um, I'm just curious. You've s- sort of seen it all. And this past couple of weeks, we've seen some interesting sort of reviews of cigars and and stuff. But there's <laughs> there's times when when a cigar that you've put a lot of effort into, you know, might not get a good review. I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's happened to us, you know, at, in, in, at times. Sure. It's, it's got, I'm sure it's happened to you. Do you follow the reviews? And when you get a review that, that is negative, how does it impact you? How does it make you feel? What do you think when you read a review that might not be as positive as you hoped it would be? I'm, I'm sure we all joke about it in the same way. Um, but there's... I, I don't I don't think any of them have been like with any of us, you know, even even Pete, you know, we'll we'll joke, you know, like, oh, my God, seriously. But you have to flip the question to answer that question. And if you flip that question and say, what the hell do you think when something that you think is even of your own, like that, I, you know, I've got cigars of in our portfolio that I I like a lot. Right. But I, I consider them a one-hit wonder, so I wouldn't think they would rate really well, mm. especially with someone like Cigar Aficionado, right? 
who they like complexity usually. They don't like Lajero strength. You know, everybody's got their own profile. Sure, the bottom of line, course. right? Right. But flipping that question is, what happens when that cigar that you're like, yeah, I like it, but I don't think it's a 93, gets a 93. Right. <laughs> it's right. the it's the same exact thing. What are you you're gonna jump up on a on a footstool and go? Oh, I'm glad everybody loves that. I love that cigar. Um, so you can't go there when. You know, when Tramp Stamp gets an 87, right? Um, and Crystal Baller gets a 91. Right. You know, or our favorite brown label in Pete's portfolio gets an 87 or an 86. And you're like, uh, dude, that's something that I smoke every day. Um, I think I think everybody that's putting a number on a rating, um, you know, they all have a different calculation for getting to a number. I I honestly like, you know, Dan the smoker, I can't go there. I talk I talk in general terms about why I like something and what the profile is, mm-hmm. strength and flavor and the kind of flavors, you know, earthy versus food forward, um, spicy versus, you know, earth spice versus food spice, those kind of things. Um, so if I'm reviewing something, it's just going to be filled with those kind of things. And construction, right. you know, that's objective I mean, there, you know, so, but if I have to put a point score to those kind of things, I, I'm not comfortable thinking that I can even be consistent with them. So, yeah, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, get it, find somebody you agree with. You find uh, like, just like movies or music or anything else, you find somebody that you tend to agree with and you see what they, and that doesn't mean that you won't like it. Um, it's no, no. Because it's all subjective. But, like, there's been times for us, uh, too, Dan, where, you know, when we've got cigars that were sort of like a blend that we knew that was the one that we were going with, we're like, oh, we like we like it, but this probably isn't our favorite. And then people just loved it, you know, and we're just like, wow, you know, like, I, I didn't realize this was going to be as big a hit. And then, so, like, there's always that flip side, too, you know, like you said, where some, you know, it, it, I just take it as constructive criticism. Like, um, that's good information for me to know. It doesn't mean that it was necessarily a bad cigar, but it's good information. I take that forward and I think, okay, next project down the line, next project down the line. If we do another project with this factory again, maybe we'll, you know, take that into consideration a little bit. But, you know, you just take it for what it's worth and 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 go with it. You know, that kind of yeah. Thing. The, there there are there are certain things to pay attention to. If it, if it's something that you know. Two out of three reviewers, or more than that, are are saying, you know, I I wish the construction was better because I like I like the flavor profile. Uh, that's on you. You need to take care of that, right? Right. Um, but if it's, you know, this cigar isn't for me. I mean, you know, a ball buster like Bone Crusher is not for everybody. Um, and I can tell you early on, like with the surrogates lineup, no one understood that it was a project-based brand and that they were all different blends and had nothing to do with each other. So the guys right. that early got on to things like Bone Crusher and they loved that huge profile, they would smoke Crystal Baller and they were, I remember in 12 and 13 traveling around hearing guys say, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like the surrogates blend with the light wrapper. Mm. And I went, well, you know there's not a surrogate blend, right? <laughs> it's and a they different didn't. cigar. <laughs> and then once I told the story of that cigar and they oh. smoked it again, they were set up for that right. and what it was about. They were like, oh, okay. So this is in my profile. 
It's just when I'm in the mood for that. I wasn't thinking that. You know, you know how someone releases something with a you know different wrapper, and you're like, oh, I'd love to try that blend in a different wrapper. Sure. Um, And you know that's not what this was. And so it was misunderstood for, sort for of, quite a while. It sort of brings us full circle to what you talked about earlier is like getting you mentally prepared for what you're about to smoke. You need to know what you're about to smoke. And it does, it does play I think a factor. So. Yeah. All right. So, Jordan, mm. Dan, uh, since Dan's on the show, our weekly top five this week. By the way, I was accidentally playing the weekly top five music. Uh, yeah, guys were ticked. Guys uh. were not happy. I, acci- <laughs> I accidentally started the weekly top five music early and that got people really excited. But this week's weekly top five, Jordan, we did this segment maybe a couple of years ago, but we thought we'd maybe bring maybe it back. Recycle some of this we could recycle it a little bit. This is Tonight's going to be the top five human surrogates, Dan. So, like, uh, <laughs> what would be the best human surrogates for uh, five different guys? So we'll start with our first one. And let me get the uh, weekly top five music going here now, because now it's the right time to play the weekly top five music. So the our best f- music. Our first, our first uh, surrogate. So Matt Booth, who would be the uh, surrogate for Matt Booth? Well, we've decided it would be... Now Johnny Depp. No, well, that's a good one. <laughs> but we went Depp. with we went with Iron Man, right yeah. there. Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Okay. Uh, yes. And when you <laughs> when, Dan, when you rewatch the show later and you see the pictures, you're gonna say, "Wow, that's there you go. Spot, yep. It's spot on." Johnny Depp could have played Iron Man. He, Johnny just, Depp could have played the same Iron guy. Man. Yep. It is, it's, yep. That's a good call, Dan. Robert um, Downey Jr. Yep. There you go. All right. Our next that's one. Awesome. Our next one is Steve Saka. So, uh, Dan, who would play Steve Saka? Who's Steve Saka's surrogate? Yeah, uh, you're going to have to just put the picture up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we decided to go with the uh, snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, it's a, it's a spitting image. If I said I already if I said I already had that meme, you probably it would probably that was that my out loud voice? Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually yeah. already have that meme. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, Steve. Yeah. And uh, isn't the actor yeah, actually act- similar looking too? Burl, is that- Burl Ives. Okay. Burl this is Ives. before yeah. my time, but this is Burl. He is, yeah. And Burl Ives looked exactly looks like, like Steve yeah. Saka. It's yeah. incredible. That's a good one. All right, our good buddy Juan Cancel. Our good buddy Juan Cancel, uh, no other than the puppet Pepe. Uh, <laughs> what is his name? Pepe Labite. Pepe Belite. Pepe Belite is. <laughs> How could it be anything else? It can't. I mean, come on. It's too perfect. Uh, all right, so this 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 one is going to be close to your heart, Dan. Um, Pete Johnson. Who is the surrogate for Pete Johnson? Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know who? If, if you look at if you look at the picture behind me, he'll he'll tell you it's Sly Stallone because he doesn't <laughs> like he doesn't like that painting back there. But I love it. Voice wise, I always thought he sounded like Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, he does. He does. But uh, looks wise, he looks like D Day from Animal House. I don't know if you guys are if, if you're an Animal House fan, <laughs> Dan. That's a good one though. He is exactly. And by the way, that actor's name is... Um, I didn't know who that was. It's Bruce McGill. It's Bruce McGill is the actor. And they right, are... I, they got, are I gotta look at the replay so I can see that. They're he literally... Would, he would prefer George Clooney, by the way, because yeah, he gets sure. that all the time. Well, we all but, would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if I was putting myself up there, I'd, I'd be Zac Efron, probably. You know, I mean... All right, fine. Fine. 
Mine is Boris Karloff. Fine. Oh, that's that's not bad. But Dan, but we got a better one. We have a better one for you. Oh, we, you actually have one. Okay. We have, we, this is Dan Welsh and uh, Dan's surrogate. We've decided is Christopher Lloyd from the Adams Family. You know, it's okay. well, same, yeah, same. I mean, come on, look at I mean, look at that. This is incredible. You know, I, I originally had uh, Christopher Lloyd from from the uh, Back to the Future, but but Dominic straightened me out. He's like, no, it's Christopher Lloyd, but it's got to be from. From Adam's family. So uh, those are our top five. The weekly top that, five. That is awesome. Human surrogates, ladies and gentlemen. So, Dan, I want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight on Smoke Night Live. It's been a blast. What's Absolutely. coming up here? I'm assuming you're preparing for IPCBR. What's coming up next for you? Where are you going to be? Where can people find you? Give everybody the lowdown. Uh, the, so a couple weeks from now, Memorial Day weekend, I will be at Maddie Cupcake Shop, Havana oh, House, we West go. in Akron okay. um, for Memorial Day Saturday. And uh, I'll probably be there on Sunday, too, hanging out. Okay. Um, and then the week after that, uh, Casey and I are both going to be at um, Twins, two, two locations of Twins Smoke Shop up in New Hampshire. Okay. Though, all three of those events are potluck events. We never got onto that topic, but um, look it up. We're doing... We're doing a, a series of um, events called potluck events, where we've got um, uh, variants, if you will, of a bunch of different uh, okay. uh, Havana sellers, uh, hmm. cigars, you know, different wrappers, different this, different that. Interesting. Um, and uh, so those are all potluck events. Um, and then IP, you know, IPCPR coming up in June. Um, keep your eye out for um, Tatuaje Mexican Experiment M E two. Me too. Wow. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, Breaking yeah, that's news. a so the Mexican experiments, one of those uh, things that Pete did back in the day in a real small release. And uh, we're doing a thousand boxes of four different size, the four four different sizes of um, it's a new blend of Mexican experiment. But, okay. um, you know, the redo, if you will, um, with plans of doing me three down the road. So so that'll be a nice Limited release. All right. Well, <laughs> but we... it'll go across the country. You'll see it, and you'll see it at the trade show. All right. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for taking the time on this Friday night to hang with us. Thank you, man. Thanks, this Dan. was a blast. Hey, uh, don't go away, Dan. Hang with us. I want to talk to you just for a minute sure. after the show is over. Um, hey, folks, next week on the show, Friday night, we'll have Glenn Loop on the show. We're going to uh, get a caught up on what's going on with the cigar industry, the whole push for uh, you know, 21 plus purchasing age, which is uh, an interesting topic. So we'll get we'll get up to date with Glenn on on all things uh, legal with uh, cigars. But we're we're gonna keep it light too, right, Jordan? I don't like to talk too much legal law stuff. Nah, we'll throw some dick jokes yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, we'll throw some stuff in there, and we'll <laughs> find out maybe we'll find out some stuff about Glenn that people don't know. And then the week after that, it's going to be Sam Morales on the show. So that'll be fun to catch up with Sam. To find out what he's doing these days, because we've all uh, wondered what's going on since he's cheddar, baby. departed from uh, Drew Estate. So we'll we'll find out the scoop there. And tonight on the dojo, we'll do what we normally do. We'll do some now playing, share your smokes, share your drinks. We'll go late into the night as we always do. I'm smoking. I mean, I'm drinking some uh, Henry McKenna. By the way, Jordan, it's really frustrating. This bourbon gets uh, bourbon of the year. Award from somebody, and it's now, a gem. and now you can barely even find it. So if you can find this on your shelf, buy it now because this is going to be one of those ones that starts to go crazy. If you're a bourbon guy, 
and you're into the uh, bourbon ho hobby like uh, cigars, if you find the 10-year Henry McKenna on at your local store, buy all the bottles they have because it's probably going to be one of those weird ones. It used ones. to be like 28 bucks. Now it's like 40 but still still it's worth, worth it. It's worth the 40 bucks. If it gets to 80 or 90 nah. maybe not. But uh, if you see that on your shelf, buy it. Until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next week. Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers. As an added bonus, order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique, it's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived. And it starts here.